Welcome to the Food Peace Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Fertility Nutrition Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now, let's get this party started. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of Food, Peace, Please podcast. Serena and I are here today, and we're actually super pumped to be talking about this, but we're going to talk about why being in your 30s is the greatest. (laughs) But before we do that, we have to share with you, as we started recently with our new segment, a Grateful For You podcast review, because when you leave us a review, it helps other people find us and it helps our podcast grow so more people can find food freedom and step away from culture and start living their lives. So this review today comes from Jane R.W., and she says, listening to this podcast feels like talking to fun, knowledgeable, approachable friends. Love it. We are so thankful for your review and for having you here. So if that review was you, you can reach out to us on Instagram, either to Serena at Serena Marie RD or myself at freedom.fertility and ask us a question and we will provide you with some free coaching. So hit us up. And as always, before we dive into today's topic, we always have to talk about what's new. So Serena, what is new? I just love good reviews. They make me feel so happy. Um, What's new over here? So this, I actually, so I've been living in Philly now for about uh, 15 months and I have been, you know, having the intention of going to our local running club (laughs) literally since I moved here and I've just been chickening out for like over a year. Um, But a few weeks ago, I decided like I was going to just do it. And so I've been going now for a few weeks and um, it's just been really lovely. Like it's just really exciting to be a part of like a team again and to meet some new people. And obviously I just think runners are like the best people ever. So um, I'm like actually just like really proud of myself for like facing my fear and like going to running club and meeting all these new people. And everyone has been really, really, really nice. Um, so yeah, that's like been the excitement in my life is I'm kind of trying to make some friends <laughs> in Philadelphia. I have been friendless for far too long. <laughs> How about you, Susan? I feel, well, I feel like I'm glad that you're sharing this very like human-like experience because I think so many people could relate to what you're saying. Like, I would definitely be like the same way. Actually, it's funny. Like, someone just said to me the other day, like they were like, I was back home in Wisconsin, and they're like, so like, have you made any friends with like people in Pennsylvania? And I was like, uh, not really. I mean, this is what I tell people is like, okay, well, so my husband has like coworkers here and they have wives and we're all kind of about the same age. So we all kind of hang out. And for me, like that totally works because like we all have a lot in common and we're also like 
here for like this temporary time and then we're like all going to go back home. But then I also like caveat, I'm like, oh, but I like do have friends on the East Coast because I have Serena, which is in, Serena's in Philly and that's only like a little bit over an hour from where we live in Easton, Pennsylvania. And then uh, we have Melissa, who's one of our other dietitian friends that lives in Long Island. So like I like that's not that far either. And we've like met in Manhattan before. Anyway, so I'm like, I have friends there. I just don't have to go out and meet new friends. So if I had to go out and meet new friends, I would be struggling hardcore. You have built-in friends. And like actually, I'm just remembering – are we hanging out on Sunday or do you need to still talk to Eric, to your husband? Oh, I need to still talk to Eric okay. about that. Anyway, Susan and I might be going to a baseball game together on Sunday. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's I I love it. It's super nice. It's like my favorite thing about being out here, to be honest. Um I'd probably be like dead if like you and Melissa were out here just because like it's just like I don't know. Like it's like this little special treat that I get for a little while. Like we get to be close to each other. Um, but anyways, what's new with me is I don't know that I've like, I don't think I've shared the dumpster fire that is IVF. Uh, it's not really a dumpster fire. Okay. It's better than I, it's better than it. That makes it sound like it's really bad. But, uh, our third egg retrieval, which is like our second one at our new clinic out here in Pennsylvania, like definitely didn't go according to plan. Um, for some reason, the trigger shot didn't work. I don't even know why. I can't even get into it. I'm not going to because that's going to take too long. But um, but despite that, like we did get one egg and that egg did end up like fertilizing and it actually grew into a blastocyst, which is like honestly pretty amazing in and of itself. Um, so we're currently in another waiting period to see because um, we are opting to genetically test our embryos. And so we're just trying to decrease the risk of miscarriage at this point. Um, so we're in the process of waiting to see how, like if that embryo is normal and then we will go from there. Um, but I'm just like letting my body get back to normal (laughs) and it is feeling, it's feeling better because like basically I had an egg retrieval, got COVID and I was like super bloated and there's just a lot of things like post egg retrieval. Like, so I'm finally feeling like my body's getting back to normal, which is really nice. And like, I just want to give you a little shout out because I know that it's like a really vulnerable story to share. And I think a few weeks ago, like if I had been like, can you talk about that on the podcast? You would have been like, uh, no. <laughs> so I just want to say like, I'm proud of you for sharing your story. And also just like, I think this is like such proof in the pudding of like, talk about, I'm sure like when you're working with clients, but even I think we've talked about it on the podcast, like when we have these icky feelings, like if we can just deal with them and sit in them and it feels icky, but eventually we come out on the other side. And now, Susan, like you're healed enough that you can share your story. And I don't know, I'm just very grateful that you're healing and that you're sharing and being vulnerable with with our peeps that are listening. Yeah. Well, thank you. So today we're going to dive into this really fun topic. <laughs> Of like, like, honestly, like, I just like literally want to call this like 30 flirty and thriving. Yes. Let's do, do you, it. Like, have you, I'm assuming you've seen that movie, right? 
Oh, wait. What movie Your is movie it? Is, from? is it 13 going on 30? Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. I, that was just an educated guess. I haven't seen that in like a really long time. I haven't either, but for some reason, ever since I turned 30, like I'm very obsessed with that, like 30 flirty. <laughs> well, I feel like it's like, I think like Susan and I were like, what should we talk about? And we kind of like mentioned this on the last episode. We just recorded something about being 30. And I was like, Susan, should we talk about like how kick butt it is to be 30? And we both were like, yes. But you know, I think this is relevant to you if you're listening to this in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 20s. Like, I think it's less of like the fact that we're 30 that we're going to be bragging about and more about like what about being in our 30s has been so like freeing and awesome. So like, Susan, why are you loving being a 30, flirty, thriving lady? (laughs) I just like, okay, there's been like something about like my 30s. I feel like maybe like my 30s is like the first time like in my life where I've like really fully like started to like want – I think just like embrace myself and like be myself and like really care about like what like makes me happy and then like start to identify that like – and in fact, this is like a pretty recent revelation Um, because I was talking with one of our friends and I was like – you know, like we were just talking about like being happy. And like when you're on like a fertility journey, it's very easy to get caught up in like the only way to be happy is to have a baby. And like that's just not true. And like I started to think about it and I realized that like actually like the things that like make me happy are like very, very simple. Okay. Like it's very simple. It's like making myself like iced coffee in the morning that's not fully caffeinated because otherwise I'll be psycho. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's like being able to go for like going for walks outside or reading like a good book or you guys are going to laugh watching Christmas movies all year long. (laughs) Like it's very like simple stuff, but I feel like, I don't know, for some reason like in my 30s, like I just – Maybe I'm just, like, I think I'm way more comfortable with myself and, like, who I am as a person and, like, accepting of that. But with the caveat of, like, of course I'm still human, so it's not, like, all rainbows and unicorns over here. But Yeah, it's, like, asking for what you need or, like, creating space on a regular basis to, like, take what you need. And I think for me, like, so I I think it's interesting. So I, when I was 20, I remember having an absolute meltdown because I was leaving my 20s and I was becoming 30. And, you know, background story here is like I was single. I didn't want to be single. And so I was like really upset that I wasn't like married by 30. And I just had a lot of drama going on that whole like 29th year. Um, and you know, I think that 29th year was like really pivotal in my healing journey because, um, I remember having this like moment in like January where I remember like writing in my journal and being like, I'm not dating anyone. Like, I'm just like working on myself. Like I wanted to like continue working on like healing from my, you know, my eating disorder and like working on like making time to like accept myself as I am. And um, the reason I'm sharing this is because I feel like 
obviously I'm not perfect. I don't think any of us are perfect, but like I think the biggest thing for me is when I was in my 20s, I was constantly trying to be better or like like be like up to par or be up to standards or like in search of like the thing that would make me happy and like kind of what you were just saying, Susan, like now I'm very much like this is who I am. Like, you know, obviously I'm always working on becoming like a better version of myself, but like this is who I am. Like I've accepted some things about myself. I understand like how I need to like live my life in order to like feel the best that I'm capable of feeling. And like I'm at peace with that versus in my 20s, like it was so turbulent. Um, And again, I think this is why this is applicable to you, whether you're, you know, in your 20s, your 50s, your 70s, you're listening to this. Like I think really for me, like the best part of being in my 30s is just like having this self-compassion where like I really want to create space to like give myself the things I need, ask for the things I need versus when I was in my 20s. I was like too afraid to do that because I felt like I was always wrong and I wasn't like allowed to ask for what I need. Yeah. I think actually like as you're describing that, I feel like that was like me too. Like I was very like – and it's interesting, you guys, like when we talk about this because like Serena and I had very different like 20s experiences, right? Like I got married when I was like 25, 24. I don't even remember how old I was when I got married. Clearly it was a while ago. (laughs) But I got married like pretty young um, and like – like, so our, I would say like our lifestyles were very different. You know, like I was like married and like we started trying to have kids when I was in my 20s. And I'm just going to be like blatantly obvious right, or I, honest right now. I can't even talk. I'm just going to be really honest with you. Like I'm actually really glad that we didn't get pregnant when we started trying to have kids. Um, and I'm actually happy that we didn't have kids in our 20s. Um, and like, if you're listening to this and you're on like fertility journey, you're probably like, WTF, I can't believe she's saying that. But it's just, it's true. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm not the, I'm not the type of person that's on a fertility journey that's like so pissed off. That's like, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I have bad days where I'm like, okay, enough is enough of the dumpster fire. <laughs> like, I've had my fair shakes of, like, the dumpster fire with this. But, like, I I do – like, I am – like, I do see, like, the good. Like, and I see the benefit out of the weight that we've had. Um, And so I, I think I just, like, agree that, like – it my 20s, I was way more, like, trying to, like, keep up with, like, the status quo. And, like, I was just not good at taking care of myself in my 20s. Like, I was very good at, like, beating myself up, you know? And, like, I was very, like, caught in, like, my disordered eating and, like, unhealthy relationship with my body, like, thinking my body had to look a specific way. Like, and, like, all that stuff, like, and – also, I'll say too, like, I feel like the transition in your 20s when you go from like college to working like full time and like being adult and like having all these like responsibilities that you didn't have before are, is like really hard. 
Um, it's a really big transition. And so I think it takes longer than maybe we realize to really like come into like what that's like. And so for some reason, I think like once I got into my 30s, it was like, for like, I think a huge part of it is food freedom, to be honest, Um, because I think that that was like the start of me like accepting myself and breaking down the rules and not following like all these cultural standards. Like that was just like the tip of the iceberg. And so I, I think then like the longer I'm like living in food freedom, the more I'm accepting myself, the more I'm like not following the cultural norms or rules. I mean, listen, if I if I was going to keep following the cultural rules, like I would still be working my full-time job at the university because I wouldn't think that there's any other way to live my life that's socially acceptable. <laughs> like I I don't know what else I would be doing. And let me just tell you, I'd be miserable because I was miserable. And I I think I just finally realized that that's not worth it. Like you don't have to just be miserable because it's like the cards you were like were supposed to be working a nine to five or something. Yeah, exactly. I feel yeah. like that's so much of it is just like recognizing that like oh, all this stuff that I've been told I have to do is complete BS and I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. And like I think, you know, obviously like this comes with like there's different situations, right? Like not everyone can just like quit their nine to five job or whatever. But I think it's more so just like whatever situation you're in, it's understanding that like you're allowed to move towards making decisions and asking for what you need so that like – you're not miserable or you're not just living this like mundane life that like we were taught like this is what this is what you ask for right like this is what you get like you're a woman like you need to I, i'm just thinking about like i don't know i'm thinking about how i feel like me in my 30s feeling very like unencumbered by society and feeling really like you know claiming my power i think it is different than like other women in my family who are older than me that I'm not sure they ever like got to this place. And like I'm not saying anything disrespectful or bad about like the way other people live their life, but like we're just – we're very – I'm very different than like a lot of the older generations in my family. And part of that for me, like you kind of – I think you said, Susan, like keeping up with the Joneses, like kind of like living – like, sure, our 20s were super different, like, because you were married and, like, I was, like, living in New York City going out all the time. <laughs> like, we were living very different lives. But, like, ultimately, it's, like, you were trying to, like, you know, meet the societal expectation of, like, what a wife looks like or whatever. I was trying to meet the societal expectation of, like, what it's like to be, like, you know, pretty and young in New York City. And, like, basically, it's just looking for external validation is exhausting. And like at some point I realized like it's exhausting. It's not worth my happiness. It's not worth my – the toll it takes on my mental health. And I think that's like where there's really this like like new culture being created because I do think there's generations, older generations where their whole life was defined by like societal expectations and external validation versus I feel like you and I like – we're lucky to stumble upon. And I think, again, I think food freedom like is what opened my eyes. Like 
I don't have to starve myself and shrink myself to make people think I'm good enough. Like I'm just flipping good enough, like period. And so, yeah, I think external validation, like freeing ourselves of that. And I think no matter how old you are listening to this episode, like you can be 30, flirty, thriving if you like are getting to a place in your life where you're starting to reject constantly seeking external approval. Yeah, I agree. I think that like <clears throat> when you were talking about that, I was thinking um like we're really just like rejecting the things that we've been like told that we like have to do and I think that maybe like for me, like one of the most powerful things has been like recognizing that like I don't have to be perfect and like getting rid of this entire like framework in my head that's like rooted in perfectionism. And that's exactly what culture tells us to do is to be perfect in every way. And so it's like rejecting that. And I think that on top of that, I I do think you said something about like you feel like different from like other generations and I would agree with you. Um, I think that we're – well, we are both millennials and, you know, I think for the longest time like people were really harping on millennials like we were going to like ruin the world. But like I just have to say like I actually think we're going to change the world and the reason why is because like I think – millennials, especially millennials in their 30s, like the age range that we're talking about right now, like are really powerful. Like I think like there's a lot of motivation to like reject all of this stuff that we think we should be doing and instead like embracing just like who we are and like making things like simpler and not feeling like you have to follow like the status quo or whatever. Like, I don't know. I I do think it is different for this like millennial um, generation. And I, I think, you know, like that's just like our mindset is very different and we have like a whole different like viewpoint on things. And I think that's cool. Like I think that like that should be embraced. Yeah. I mean, I 100% agree. And I'm just like, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, you know, I don't want to pretend to be like an expert on like culture or like millennial culture. Like I'm just like, you know, talking from the reference point of like Susan and my experience and like thinking about like my Instagram feed versus like, you know, somebody else's Instagram feed, like what might be on there. But like, you know, I follow tons of like therapists. I follow tons of like nervous system practitioners. I follow tons of like food freedom dietitians. Like, you know, I follow – like I don't follow any like before and after picture accounts or like, you know, how to eat clean or how to eat organic or, you know, I don't – I don't like – I don't engage in perfectionism culture. I don't engage in like trying to be perfect. And like that versus me in my 20s, like before I woke up and realized like, wait a second, like this is exhausting. I can't do this anymore. I deserve to be happy. Um, Like that's that's where I was stuck, you know, but – I can't actually remember why, what I'm talking about right now. But like basically just like agreeing with you, Susan, like I I think something about our generation, like I don't know, 
people. Like maybe it's like we saw people in other generations and we were like, we don't want to be that way. Maybe every generation feels this way like in their 30s when they like finally are like, you know, not kids anymore and they're starting to take control of their life. They all feel like commenting on the other generations like, oh, I don't know if we're just being like typical. But like I really do feel proud (laughs) of our – of like our people of being 30 and like – I don't know. I just know like the chains of like disordered eating that – I don't know. Like just think about all of the messed up – like messed up things that we saw in childhood. Like just like think about like all the fat phobic shows we watched on TV. I think about like all the like teen magazines with their like grapefruit diets. Like all of like the emphasis on like I have to look a certain way to please a man's eye. And like I like – I'm so impressed by myself. Like when I think like how did I get to this place where like I don't feel that way anymore? I don't know. Like how do you think we did it? Like if we could give somebody advice who's listening, like how do you start to change that belief that you need that external validation? You know, I think <clears throat> I mean, I think that it I think it there's layers. Right? Like, I think that what we experience in life and like the changes that we make are layers. It's like peeling back an onion. I, and I was like, actually, I was listening to um, a coaching call. This is for one of like my business programs that I'm a part of. And like, um, I was like just listening to someone else being coached about something. And, you know, they were like concerned that like they were like, they're like, Oh, like, but like I made all this progress and like now I'm like backsliding kind of like, you know, like I made all these improvements and this is a lot about like mindset. So like I made a lot of these improvements in like my mindset and like my thoughts and now I feel like I'm backsliding and like the coach was like, no, it's not that you're backsliding. It's literally like you're just uncovering a deeper layer. And so I think one of the things that I think about is like this is just like layers, right? So like if right now like one of the biggest areas like you look for like validation is in food and like how you're eating and like eating quote unquote like healthy and following like wellness culture and feeling guilty when you eat other things and the way that your body looks like I think like one of like the starting layers is to look at like hey there is another way that I can do this and I think You know, if you're just not happy, like if you're just not happy in your life, like and think that like they're like they're just like could be something more or there's like a different way to do it or like I think that that's a sign to like look internally of like what are the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis that like don't make you feel good, you know, like what are those things and you don't have to change them all at once. Trust me, that's way too overwhelming. But like, you know, if something is food, like can you start with figuring, you know, figuring out how you can start to create a healthy relationship with food and like go from there? Yeah. Like just, I think that's like such a powerful question is like, what in my day to day is not making me happy and like even if you just kind of like kept like an audit like you like said for one day I'm going to pay attention to like all the little things I do and I'm just going to like jot a note in my phone like 
you know, I hate attending school PTA meeting, right? Like, because some things like we hate and like we we have to do them, right? Like there's some things that are avoidable, but there's other things where like people will like see it in this very black and white context of like, well, I have to do laundry. And it's like, okay, but like, can your partner do laundry like some of the days and then you do them some of the days? Like, you know, like do, can you outsource laundry somehow, right? Like, Usually, like, if you actually take a moment to get curious about the things that are not providing happiness in your life, like, there might be a solution there, right? If you notice every time you eat, you're in misery because, like, it's just so stressful, you can ask a dietitian for help or you can read the book Intuitive Eating, right? If you notice, like, there's just, I mean, there's so many places and areas where we can notice, like, this is not bringing me joy. And I think it's just worth, you're worth taking one day to audit your situation and you're worth sitting down with your best friend, your therapist, your partner, with your own thoughts and asking, how can I make this better, right? And I think it's always about chasing that like that bigger vision because like, yeah, it is easy to just be like, you know what? I'm going to like stay in my routine. I'm comfortable in my routine. But like having this vision for yourself for like you're 30, flirty, and thriving, right? Like you're 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 happy. Like how nice would it be to wake up in the morning and feel like pride or feel happy or, or calm or to eat lunch and just feel like excited to taste the food in your mouth and not have any of that drama? Like, I don't know. I think I think that's like a really I think that's a great place to start, Susan. Is just like asking yourself, like, what doesn't bring me joy? And is is there anything I can do about this? Yeah, that's perfect. Absolutely love that. And I just like want to cap off this episode by saying what I told myself I was going to say in the beginning and I totally forgot. But I remember when I turned 30, I remember Serena saying that she was like her 29th year was interesting. Um, but when I turned 30, I remember my sister-in-law wrote in my birthday card, like, you're going to love your 30s. Like, I love my 30s. Like, it's literally the best. And like, she was right. <laughs> so I think, you know, it, that's just like, maybe part of it is just, it's embracing being in your 30s and just embracing you. Yeah. Embracing you. I love that. Absolutely. Okay, so hopefully I would love to know if you love being in your 30s, if you're in your 30s, if your 30s was your favorite time of life, send us a DM. Um, We would love to hear from you. And if this podcast was helpful, make sure you leave us a review because you might be picked next week for the Grateful For You review. You'll get free coaching from us. So tune in next week to see if we chose your review. Thank you for joining us. If you're a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body, head to serenamarierd.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image. And if you're trying to conceive, head over to freedom.fertility on Instagram to grab your free starter guide for food freedom, fertility, nutrition.